Happy Monday. Welcome to the Stephen Knight Show. Hope you're having a great one. Tonight we are kicking off season 14 with the hottest hot topics everyone's talking about. Uh, tonight we're talking about Ron DeSantis. You know, he has um, uh, removed himself from the presidential race. He's endorsed, endorsed Trump. And now they're ahead of the uh, New Hampshire primary with Nikki Haley and Trump and find out what people are saying. Then Dave Chappelle, he's speaking out on that infamous uh, viral um, video that went out with Cat Williams and Shannon Sharp show. Uh, find out what he has to say and why he thinks uh, Cat Williams is in the wrong. Then uh, it's the 50th anniversary since the iconic and historic 1974 Vogue cover of Beverly Johnson. Find out what she's saying about the races, uh, things she had to go through, being the only black uh, model um, on set many times. Then Alec Baldwin. He's back in uh, under fire under that involuntary manslaughter charge for the shooting on his movie Rust. Uh, he had escaped it, but now it's back to haunt him. Find out what they're saying. And then Jenny Ma, she is asking that the prenuptial agreement, um, they hold off on enforcing it from her ex-husband Jeezy. Find out why. And then, of course, there's a significant, significant um, charitable donation that was given to Spelman College, making it the highest, largest donation ever made to HBCU. We'll talk more about that. One of my draw over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and, of course, our official website, The Stephen I Show. If you'd rather watch, it's going on our YouTube channel, uh, The Stephen I Show. When we come back, the question of the day and hot topics right back after this. Before this life feels incredible. Together we can do anything. So eternal feels like infinity. Baby, I run to the end of time. Just you have you in my life. Our future feels like a fantasy 
put you right to your soul Let's do it together, make it last forever Let's let it be Everything you thought you'd ever need I love you forever I love you forever Girl, I love you forever Promise I'll always be true Cause can't nobody do it like you I love you forever Girl, I love you forever Help you button up your overcoat Pose a toast, bottle like half a grip Schoolgirl, why your Kim study Latin lit Passionate, love to help the less fortunate Triple threat, had them all without the gorgeousness Homesick, talking about she love the snow Different places that her mother and her cousins go Bungalows, wanna hide like one of those Do nothing, run around in the underclothes Summer glow, back home sipping over yo Road to riches, she acting like she know the road Showing you things I ain't supposed to show Next winter, we skiing in the Poconos And in my mind, I'm really hoping so Mind sex, our bonds are so emotional Simple life, top down on the open road Black and white like when Jay Michelangelo Just being a dad though, like Castro, mom's name Cassandra To this day, yeah, she still make the best lasagna There's nothing left for me to ponder Beat you with a bow like it's a privilege and an honor We at the penthouse in Palazzo In the Venetian, we was next to El Chapo Now we lost out in Cabo The greedy ass, you a fiend for a taco Just got those books, she like to read a lot In the water on them jets like the ski a lot Tequila shots, bad and bougie on the radio that Jose got her acting like she Quavo 
for the pesos Hit me with a pole dance Made it rain, we got a different type of romance In the air, love it when you slow dance She a stallion, she ride, I'm using both hands Both plan to enjoy this little odyssey Beach hop to avoid the monotony Nostradamus, seen it like a prophecy Mrs. Long, yeah, I'm thinking quite possibly They look at us like we a novelty Pop out and paparazzi on the property This is your girl, Angie Stone, and you're listening to The Stephen Knight Show. Keep it locked. Welcome back to The Stephen Knight Show. Hope you're having a great Monday. We're going to try and make it better for you tonight. We have a show full of the latest hot topics everyone's talking about. And then later on, of course, we have our movie reviews. And then find out what, what uh, Black-owned business we're highlighting tonight in our Black-owned business spotlight. But this is our season 14 kickoff. I can't believe it's been 14 seasons. Lania, Chike, Hot Topics, holding it down. First of all, let me start with you all. Listen, all right. Let's do it. Y'all have a toast? Let me do a little toast. Yeah. This is the season 14. On this day, January 22nd, this is to y'all. Thank you. This is a mocktail because I'm doing dry January, but whatever. <laughs> oh, listen. If you, I want to mind you all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, of course, our official website, thestephennightshow.com. Also, check us out on TikTok. If you'd rather watch us, go on our YouTube channel, The Stephen Knight Show. You can also check out our merch at our website. And make sure you're registering to vote. That's very important. I want to shout out my brother, my big brother. He's been a, a guest panelist on here. Lyrics, it's his birthday today. And, um, you know, season 14, I know it's kind of late to say Happy New Year, but Happy New Year. Do you all have resolutions? Linnea, do you have resolutions this year? Uh, no, I don't have a resolution. Uh-huh. Um, I've just been, I've just been making changes. Yeah. So of course, before you know, before the show ended in twenty twenty three, you know, I, I disengaged with my employer. Yeah. Um, and also, um, right before the new year, I had LASIK surgery, so I got twenty twenty vision. What? And I can see, so these are definitely just for show moving forward. Right. Um, but I had laser surgery on December 21st, and I can see. Well, it was a simple procedure, wasn't it? It's a simple procedure. Um, it's about it takes about 10, 10, 15 minutes for both eyes. Mm-hmm. I was in and out, and the next day I slept after right. I got home, but the next day. I was up, I was out driving. Wow. Yeah. 
I can see. I woke up, Judge Judy was on the TV. I didn't have to reach for my glasses. <laughs> you know. So I'm just, I'm making changes. I don't want to, because sometimes we get caught up in, oh, my, my New Year's resolution. So yeah. whatever I say I'm going to do, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I um quick before I get to you, Chica. Fun fact: when when I was in college, I worked at a call center, and one of um the accounts I worked on, we um set up consultations for people to do laser eye surgery um consultations. Oh, anyway, wow. and I knew even then, so that was years ago. It was easy. I can imagine now how technology has improved. Mm -hmm. Do you do uh resolutions? I do, but they normally come way before New Year's. My my birthday is normally the the uh, benchmark for me, and um, one of my things is I'm doing more traveling. Well, I'm getting back to traveling, mm -hmm. and um, I'm currently on tour. I'm 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 home for a little bit. Okay, Let me not do that. Let's not do that. I'm currently <laughs> on tour. I, I didn't have an opportunity to see Stephen when I was in. Atlanta. I know, I know. We were texting too. We were texting. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, there's always tomorrow. Absolutely. Okay. You know and, what you mean uh, for me, Stephen. He on tour. I'm on. I'm on auntie duty. All <laughs> That's what that means. Yes, Lania Love is my babysitter. Uh -huh. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm just. I'm. I'm. Do, I'm doing more to um, satisfy my spirit. That's awesome. I usually do goals for the year. So what I'll do is I write out my goals, usually like the 30th or the 31st before the new year. And I kind of pray over them, but also review the goals that I wrote uh, the year, you know, for that year prior. So mm -hmm. I make sure, and I kind of, and it's not always I want to get it done in that year, but maybe something I want to work on in that year. And then um, one thing I'm trying to be more intentional of this year is reviewing those goals, not just the beginning of the year, but review it throughout the year to make sure I'm still, you know, um, maintaining them. So, but whatever works for you, definitely do it. Life is short, live it to the fullest. And uh, congratulations, Linnea, you can see 2020. <laughs> well, like I told you, it is dry January and this is a mocktail because I'm, it's been hard now, but uh, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Well, listen, our question of the day is, have you ever been fired from a job? Chica. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I had to clean out my desk and put my stuff in my box and carry my box on the train home and everything. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a part of life. Yeah. You haven't you haven't worked at a place if you haven't been fired. You know what I mean? <laughs> How do you appreciate a job if you haven't been fired? Yeah. So yeah. What about you, Lanier? Well, damn, I ain't never been fired. <laughs> I. I I didn't accept the position they were, I had seniority, and it was like, well, you can take the layoff or you can take this position, which is a further commute. I was like, I'm taking the, I'm taking the layoff because I'm not doing that. Outside of that, it's either, you know, like a layoff or, um, or I resign. Mm -hmm. So I've never been... Yeah, I haven't been fired. I haven't been laid off. I got laid off one time. Um, they the job the company had been acquired, and they started doing major layoffs from all levels. And um, I got laid off. It was two weeks before Christmas, but I actually got a job the next week to start in January. So it kind of worked out. But but yeah, that was it was scary. But I'm right? sorry, I'm I'm here to push back. Layoff is a firing. I mean, you haven't been fired. It's not that kind of a firing. But they're saying goodbye to you. We make soft arrangements for you, but you have to leave. 
Oh, they gave me some money, so. Yeah, they gave I me mean, money. That, that's the way it's supposed to. You get money when you get fired, too. Not always. I always did. <laughs> well, tweet us. Well, go on X and tweet us and let us know, have you uh, ever been fired from a job? All right, hot topic. So Ron DeSantis is officially out of the presidential race. He's not expecting, he's not expecting exactly going out uh, on a limb to with his endorsement. Now, the Florida governor posted a four-minute video on X telling his supporters he suspended his campaign. This is just two days before the New Hampshire primary, and ultimately, he's putting his support behind the former President Donald Trump. Now, R.D. Report, uh, started his clip by repeating many conservative stances on issues, more border security, social decay in cities, indoctrination of children by woke ideology, and basically boilerplate message. DeSantis said that his team prayed after the loss of the in Iowa, where Trump crushed him at the voting booth, with more than double Ron's vote count. And his team ultimately realized that there's no nothing that he can do to uh, win the race. So for his endorsement, the 45-year-old acknowledges disagreed with DT on policy in the past, but he's putting that aside for the good of the party, basically saying that four more years of Joe Biden in the White House is unacceptable. Hitching uh, your wagon to the front runner ain't nothing that is new in politics. Um, it's part of the game. And R.D. stayed away from roasting Trump during his run up to the primaries, until, unlike Nikki Haley, uh, the last major opposition to Donald. Now, speaking of New Hampshire, it's not surprisingly that she's getting, she's not getting Ron's support, so he's not endorsing Nikki Hill, of course. Um, not only did she finish third in Iowa and fall behind Trump in the polls, but they faced off in a Republican debate and it got a little nasty. Ron said Nikki's only in it for her financial backers and Nikki said that Ron was a liar. So it got kind of intense. Um, with another candidate down in the polls, swung wildly by Trump's favor, you got to wonder how much longer until the primaries simply become formalities. So um, over the weekend, like I said, Ron DeSantis, he did um, step, he suspended, suspended his campaign, endorsed Donald Trump, and so did Tim Scott. Tim Scott, now he's he's um, a senator in the same state as Nikki Haley. She actually um, appointed him as the senator in South Carolina, um, but he went with Donald Trump um, and even went out on the road with them. And so Nikki Haley, they're saying it's kind of a sexist kind of thing. But um, just about Nikki Haley, she she has a hard time when it comes to race relations, speaking on race and speaking on slavery and things like that. I was watching the town hall she did. Well, the town hall, yeah, town hall she did. And they asked her because she had said that um, uh, she said that with this uh, America was never a racist country. It never was a racist country. And they asked her about it. And she spoke in circles where she's in the past. She's written about even in her book about the racism she experienced as a child. Her parents experienced racism as being, um, you know, foreign um, immigrants to this country. So but in my opinion, she's a better um, choice than Donald Trump. Uh, Lenny, I'm gonna start with you. What are your thoughts on Ron DeSantis backing out of race? A lot of people thought he was gonna be the 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 um, nicer version of Trump uh, for Republican Party, but he never could beat Donald, and now he's gone. What are your thoughts? There is no nicer option. Thank you. <laughs> They're all sinister. Mm -hmm. Um, and um, 
Ranisha DeSantis definitely <laughs> um, is the reason why Florida, you know, is just destroyed. Well, um, and I was just I wanted to make sure before I made this particular comment because I wanted to know how long someone could be governor for. So this would be I don't well not for not that I'm talking about how many times because this is this is he was the governor before this last cycle. He has two more years. So, but technically, so the next run for governor is saying that they have to at least wait one election cycle before they can go out again to mm. vote for governor. Um, they, there's no term, but they yeah. got to wait one election cycle. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know what Florida is going to do, but um, they thought he was the golden boy. And the way that he has completely just done so much harm yep. in Florida, you can't disregard that. Mm -hmm. um, as far as Mushmouth, I mean Tim Scott, <laughs> um, he makes my butt itch, and I and I heard that he also proposed to his 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 partner hey, girlfriend while he's been on this whole thing that he's endorsing Donald Trump. Yeah, um, and it's, uh, he's just a non-factor. But as for um, Numra, I mean, um, Nikki Haley. All right. I'm saying about Thundercats. I'm so sorry because that's what her real name is close to. Yeah. Um, you know, I really don't. The way that she tap danced around, um, you can never not say America has never not been racist. Right. It's built on racism. Yep. Systematic, all kinds of racism. Like yes. What it's built on. So to say those things. It's 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 not because you're a woman, honey. It's because you're saying dumb stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, even though grabbing by the stuffs might not care about you, but yep. that's what you said. And she, they said that people that are uh, know her well say that she's a very smart woman, and she knows exactly what she's saying. She's not. She doesn't feel comfortable having this culture war. She doesn't feel comfortable even talking negatively about Donald Trump. The, what she's, the only thing negative thing she's saying about Donald Trump is that he's too old and we don't want to see two 80-year-olds running running for president and there's a cognitive decline. That's the only thing she's saying. She's not saying anything about um, you know, what he's done in the past. She's saying, she's saying that he was the right president for the time when he was president, but now it's time for a younger um, generation. But she but she's She's playing this fine line, and there's literally a video of her flip flopping and on her stance. She goes with the wind, but um, Chica, what are your thoughts on all of this? Um, so I think that the high heel wearing governor <laughs> probably got a phone call mm -hmm. to tell him back that ass up, right. And he said, yes, master. Mm -hmm. And as far as the flunky, the Tim Scott dude, that's what he is. He's a little flunky. He's running around basically begging for a seat in office. If you happen to not get convicted and get in, can you please give me right. something? I'll Pretty do whatever you want and need me to because I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. That's him. Yeah. Right. Exactly, Miss Love. Exactly. Mm. Right. Uh, and as far as Nikki Haley is concerned, I get sick of these people that use the fact that they're mixed race or ethnic. And I'm not saying that she's not, 
but she acts like she's not. Right. You can't wear it. It's not like tied with bleach alternative. You can't use it when you want to and then take it away when you don't. Either mm -hmm. you are or you aren't. Right. And you're from South Carolina. Come on, lady. You know what racism is. And don't try to twist it around and say that you were a victim of it because if you really were, it would be in your heart. You would under really, really understand it. Mm. People that have been victims of racism, they act a certain type of way. Like, you understand what a thing is. Call a thing a thing. And keep in mind, she um, was the governor of South Carolina where they had that uh, shooting at that church. And exactly. as a result of that, she had to take down the Confederate flag because she didn't want to take it down at first. Exactly. She took it down as a result of that shooting at that, I think, Emmanuel uh, Church where all the Black petitioners, those Black petitioners were uh, murdered. So how are you going to say this wasn't a racist country? You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, and they say there's one thing if you say, you know, it was a racist country, but we've come a long way. Even though there's work to be done, she could have said that. But to say this never was a racist country, what she said at the uh, town hall, I don't believe the forefathers, their intent was for it to be a racist country. Their intent was for white men, period. That's what the Constitution say? And if it wasn't racism, why you change your name? Him you. and Ron DeSantis. Mm -hmm. Why y'all change y'all names? Because y'all wanted to assimilate. Mm -hmm. Because that's the thing. People want to assimilate when they come from other cultures. Yep. The only reason most Black folks can't do it is because of our skin tone. Exactly. But that assimilation is serious when you got that skin tone. Mm -hmm. And you're able to, you're able to, you know, Pass. Yep. So you ain't even use. I want to go look up that child's real name. I couldn't I, pronounce her name, her parent, her mama, her daddy name. Nothing. Couldn't. Don't even know what it said. Yep. I consider myself racist. Yeah. You know, part of me, I, I, I do think she's a better choice than Trump. But part of me hopes that Trump gets it so he can lose the Biden. Anyway, I know. I'm telling you. Let's, let's let's just say it. Are, is America really ready for a female president? I think they are. You know, we're the only country. We're well, not the only, but one of the main uh, countries that haven't had a female um, leader. I don't think. I honestly don't think that we are. Especially when I, honestly, don't, I don't think that we're that mature. There, you're, you're still involved in women's reproductive rights. Yeah. I don't see that either. But I will say this: I know that she's not running. Because I know she wants governor, but I would love Stacey Abrams. Oh yeah, yeah. I know I would love her because she's always been grassroots with everything that she does. Yeah. She touches everything. Um, she's the only female that I can think of right now. Yeah. Um, that I would love in that position. I I might have to think about whoever else, but. You know, I hope runs in twenty twenty eight. Gavin Newsom. I posted it on my Instagram. He said. He said this, and this is um, stayed true. He said he was debating Ron DeSantis. He said one thing we have in common: neither one of us going to win the uh, nomination for our party <laughs> in this election cycle. I don't even think he wants it. Like I, I, I think he does, but I think he he's waiting his he's waiting his turn. I think, so. I think he's waiting his turn. I, I don't think they're ready for him either. Yeah. You think they're ready for him? He's too progressive. Like he's too progressive. I th I think I think if Biden wins this go around, Gavin Newsom is going to have a space mm -hmm. in his cabinet, and he's going to have 
the access to be groomed right. for the next. Right. I agree. Because the thing about the Democrats, they're not good at toting what they've accomplished. A lot of people think they haven't accomplished anything in these three years. They have, but they're not good at toting mm -hmm. it. And so that was part of the reason why Gavin Newsom um, debated Ron DeSantis, because he said, I'm here to say what the Biden-Harris um, mm -hmm. administration has done. Mm -hmm. All right, well, switching gears. So Dave Chappelle is letting his thoughts known on Cat Williams' viral comments um, be known. The Shade Room recently reported that Williams sat down with Shannon Sharp for a discussion that went live earlier this month. Uh, during the conversation, Williams took shots at the careers of various celebrities and his fellow comedians. According to Variety, Chappelle shared his thoughts on Williams while performing at uh, Mondaray's. Fellow comedian DeRay Harris hosted the event at the Hollywood Improv last Friday. The outlet reports that Chappelle's set usually has a strict no-phone policy. However, footage has since surfaced on X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, in, a, in an initial clip, Chappelle reacts to Williams ethering Cedric the Entertainer. He said, I love everybody, but I, but I love Cat Williams more than a lot of people. But that end is wild. All right, all right. I'm at war with the Illuminati too, but what part of the war is ethering Cedric the Entertainer? Cedric, that dude, he's old, he's fat. Leave that in alone. Steve Harvey doesn't even do this anymore. Now, during the set, Chappelle called out DeRay for saying that Cat Williams, what he did was good for comedy. DeRay defended his stance by explaining that Williams shined a lot, a lot of light on comedy world where things started to get boring. However, Chappelle disagreed. He said, "Why, uh, you know why I disagree? It's because I put a special out that same day. Now, the pair began to joke that Chappelle put out an album while Williams put out a mixtape. Um, as Chappelle said, continue, he pointed out more things about Williams' viral statements. He said he only ethered ends. He didn't say anything about any of these white boys. None of these white boys function like that. And Kat is one of the best painters in the game. So why is he drawing an ugly picture of us? Stop. Uh, he explained that hurt people hurt people. However, he's a hurt person who has never hurt people. He said, and he does this all the time. F this one, F that one. He said, impersonating Williams' voice. But he didn't do anything wrong. Cat didn't do anything wrong. Now, the comedian um, seemed to imply that Cat didn't uh, talk about much besides what, I'm sorry, Cat didn't talk about much besides what people allegedly did to him. He had that he's been a lot in his life and things would break people's heart but he never ever told anybody this is the Chappelle saying what he's been through he said this ends the arbiter of truth listen I F of cat hard but what part of the game F's up another end's paper what part of the game is about telling on another end I just I don't disagree with cat he's telling some real S yes it's the truth but why would he say that? Because all of us are just trying to be in a better situation. Now, as you remember, Cat Williams uh, had a viral interview with Shannon Sharp that went live on January 3rd. Since then, he has gone over 53 million views. During the appearance, Williams accused Cedric Entertainer of stealing a joke of his and used it on Kings of Comedy tour back in the 90s. Additionally, he addressed fellow comedians Ricky Smiley, Earthquake, and Faison Love. Furthermore, Williams also accused Kevin Hart of being an industry plant, took shots at Tiffany Haddish's career, and accused Steve Harvey of stealing the concept of his 90s sitcom show, amid accusing Ludacris of being an Illuminati. 
Uh, between all of that, Williams also called out fellow black male comedians for wearing dresses on the big screen. <laughs> Lots of impact. So um, what it sounds like, Chike, is that Dave Chappelle agrees with a lot that he said, but he feels like he's tarnishing black comedians by going public with it. Um, and it's hurting their bread and he didn't go after any of the white counterparts. What are your thoughts on this? On all of it? So I believe that multiple things can be true at the same time. Um, by saying that, um, Dave Chappelle has a point, but you know, if that's where that man's focus was and that's who he wanted to talk about, um, that's that man's business. That's what he wanted to do. That, I mean, who can argue why his motives? He he did it why he did it because he wanted to do it. <laughs> However, um, I have never I've seen Cat Williams a few times. I have never seen in Cat Williams in any other arena other than a stadium. Mm -hmm. With that being said, how many of us? can get you the power to be in the stadium. So to a degree, he's going to be beholden to how he's going to make his money because he's on tour right now. Yeah, he's on tour with uh, uh, Kevin Hart's ex-wife. <laughs> how about that for irony? I mean, she's a comedian. They said she's a comedian. She said that she she helped Kevin Hart with most of his stuff um, early mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, I don't know who... If if this was orchestrated, right? Just think about if it was orchestrated. This is the best PR that he could possibly ever have to kick off him on this tour. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna leave it alone. Go ahead, Lania. Yeah, well, Lania, um, he's going on tour with, or he's on tour with Kevin Hart's ex-wife. Um, Ricky Small is going on tour. He was brought in this conversation. There are a lot of other comedians that are brought in this conversation are going out on tour. So he may have, like DeRay said, made comedy funny again or brought shine a light on comedy. What are your thoughts? Um, I don't think that that man don't do nothing. Everything he does is strategic. Yeah. And if you really listen to that interview, the people that he mentioned, he only mentioned the people that kept his name in their mouth and his mm -hmm. kept his name in their mouth. Those are the people that he mentioned. He ain't talking about, and then he bigged up people. DL, be, DL has been with um Steve Harvey and said he bigged up DL, mm -hmm. bigged up Mark Curry. You know what I mean? Like, so it wasn't like it was just, he was just trying to tear, I don't think he was trying to tear anybody down to TK's point. If it was okay for other people to come on Shannon Sharp's show and 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 speak whatever their they feel like their truth is, why would it be an issue when Cat Williams does it? Mm -hmm. Like that, it didn't make sense. So Cat's on tour one. He's shooting a Netflix special in May. Yeah. Now let's 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 look at this. When that um that episode dropped, Kevin Hart dropped the movie. Um, Steve, something was going on with Steve Harvey. Like people were like dropped, or was something that was announced around the same time. 
the funny thing to me during that time were the comedians who was like, well, damn, I wish she said my name. Right. Marlon Wayans. <laughs> like, I wish she oh, said my name. Mike Epps. Mike Epps thought about the hit show. He said, I was just hating because he didn't say my name. <laughs> so, like, in, in that, and he wasn't, he wasn't disrespectful. He wasn't mad. Like, I, I enjoyed that conversation. It was a lot to unpack. Like, the first 20 minutes was just grenades. Just grenades. And it took me a minute to even watch the whole... I didn't watch it, like, all in one setting. I didn't right. break it up, because that was a lot of information. It was a lot. Yeah. But he was very uh, calculated in how he spoke. You know what I mean? And with what he said. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you take it for whatever you take it for. I don't think it was meant for people to choose a side. I'm just coming on here to give you my my version of my truth. Yeah. It, it just so and, 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 and here's something to think about. If battles are good for hip hop, why can't they be good in comedy? Mm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exact. And let's not, because I think somebody mentioned like, like what you just said, Stephen, in regards to him, no, Dave Chappelle saying the black on black. See, we're not focused on the white comedians because that's not that wasn't not, his, that's not his world. They're not, they're his not world. a part of our like we might we might chuckle at them, but they're not a part of our world. They're not our focus. But white females comedians be going through it with the white dudes. Mm -hmm. Like just based off of what I've seen from some white female comedians, yeah. they go through it with the white men. So mm -hmm. it's not that they don't go through nothing. We're not concerned with them. Mm -hmm. They're not a part of all. They're not a part of our culture. The closest one that's a part of our culture is Gary um, Owens. Yeah, Gary Owens. Yeah, he's he's really the only one that's you know like that I can think of off the top of my head. That's funny. Mm -hmm. And he loves our culture. He loves our culture, and he's assembly to. And he spoke out against Steve Harvey after this interview. He talked about, and he talked about that. Like yeah. everybody that talked about Cat Goon said, yo, Cat gave me money I didn't expect. Yeah. Cat hooked helped me out and didn't ask for it back. Yeah. Like everybody that, that came out after that, Cat ain't never asked me for nothing. He hooked, mm -hmm. he helped me out at a time when I needed it. He didn't even know. Yeah. And he paid for Melba Moore, friend 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 of the show. Oh, he paid for her um star in the Hall of Fame. And don't even know her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, um, you know, the um, iconic model, Beverly Johnson, it's the 50-year anniversary of her 1974 Vogue cover. And um, she's speaking about, uh, uh, um, she's doing a lot of interviews, obviously, to promote this. And she's talking about a five-star hotel who drained his swimming pool because she was Black swimming it. So um, she's 71 now, and she was talking to Page Six. She was talking about how she had a lot of... Um, a lot of shoots and she was a lot of times the only black woman there. And so she did one at a five-star hotel. She won't give the name because she won't get sued, but she said that um, they were all in the pool and they had everyone, all the models and they had everyone get out and they drained the pool. She didn't realize it until, cause she said she had put it back for mine until 2014. She went to um, Elaine Ford's, um, she went she went to her 90th birthday party. So this is actually two years before that. She died at 92, but at 90, her birthday party. And one of the models said to her, do you remember that time they drained the pool? And they said, it, this was in the late 80s. Um, and they said they did it because you were Black. And she said they did. 
and she didn't realize at the time, but apparently she spoke about this in uh, July 2020 in an interview with People Magazine, where she talked about racism um, when she was 67, racism in, um, in the modeling industry. And so um, in her piece, she said that she grew up in Buffalo, New York, and recall the first time she had ever experienced racism. She said she was about 12 or 13 years old, riding her bike in a white neighborhood where kids were throwing bottles at her yelling the N-word. Uh, she said racism would continue into her pioneer model career and know that even 46 years later, there's still much that hasn't changed and needs to be changed and addressed in the fashion world. Um, she said, I, again, I was always the only black girl on every shoot. Um, and she talked about the five-star hotel. Um, but she said that she had put blocked it out of her mind in order to survive and uh, make herself not react like Teflon. So, I mean, you know, we hear about a lot of our icons um, in different industries, and it's always harder when you're the only one or you're the first. Um, Wania, what are your thoughts on this story? Sometimes I think some people think that they're immune. Mm hmm and because they're in a certain position, it's not going to happen. And I guess what concerns me is that you wait until you get of a certain um, status, if at all, to even say anything. Um, because at that time, whatever was important to you you were okay with taking that disrespect just so you can get wherever you, you know, whatever worked for her at that time, you know, that's, that's what worked for her. But, you know, it's there. And it's a lot of us who, especially, you know, the fair skin or like, like I said, if you're in a certain position, it wouldn't happen to me. They wouldn't treat me like that. Like, no, I don't. I don't see that happening. <laughs> no, uh, until it happens. So, God bless. Yeah, Chica, what are your thoughts on uh, this revelation? I mean, when you're one of the few, I I, I can see it happen. It's a, it's an old story, sad mm -hmm. but true. Mm -hmm. Um, when when I think about her, I think about how her career flourished. And there was uh, another woman who was out around the same time who didn't get as much, well, didn't get the same shine, but she was picked up by a particular designer and that's how she became famous. Uh, huh? Luna? No, I'm talking about Grace Jones. Oh, yeah. mm. And because of her look, she was picked up by a specific designer and that's how she became famous mm. because someone, you know, took them under her wing mm. but you know Beverly was a gun for hire she was going around excuse me Miss Johnson was a gun for hire and she was you know everywhere yeah. and I believe because Miss Jones has already been very vocal about what she's faced and it, I believe that hers may have been a little bit more harsh because she didn't even get to make the jobs yeah. she was denied before she even got them Mm -hmm. um, and Miss Johnson was able to walk through certain doors and she received a different kind of racism after she was on the job. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it it runs in levels, you know, yeah. as they say, it's levels to this. Mm -hmm. It's 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 sad, but, you know, it, it's our history. 
And mm -hmm. I think that the more we talk about it, the more we need to speak to the younger people, because I don't think that a lot of the younger people are any are even in touch with that. Exactly. I think that they are so entitled, they think that it's a right and they they need it is a right and you need to have it, but they take it for granted. What what the people before them went through. And yeah. so then when you have politicians like Nikki Haley saying this was never a racist country, and we hear stories like this, you know, it's a slap in the face. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll come back with more hot topics. Talk about Alec Baldwin Baldwin. He's being charged again for that um that sh shooting at the um that movie set of Rust. And then um, Jenny May, uh, she is asking them to hold off on the prenuptial agreement with Jeezy. And then there's a big, huge um, historical event that happened at um, Spelman here in Atlanta. Keep it locked. We'll be right back after this.
Your brass man have a spirit of fear, Lucy can't stop me Like T Dot's new one. I love T Dot's new record. Right. But don't you feel like that's him creating uh, tension, choosing to rock the boat? He's talking about white blessings, troubles with this nation, and not in those words. And he's talking about they want to silence him. Hey guys, this is Kimmy from Love and Marriage Huntsville, and I'm here on the See the Night Show. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Where mind you're all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Of course, our official website is StephenKnightShow.com. Follow us on TikTok. And you can watch us on YouTube channel if you'd rather see us. Our child Baldwin isn't in the clear over the fatal shooting at the cinematographer Helena Hutchins. In fact, Baldwin could be um, looking at a trial after a grand jury indicted him this past Friday on involuntary manslaughter charge per the AP. As previously reported, Hutchinson passed away in 2021 after Baldwin allegedly discharged a prop gun on the set of Rust. The shooting took place during rehearsal on the New Mexico-based uh, movie set. Director Joel Souza also sustained non-life-threatening wounds from the weapon. This past week, special prosecutors undertook 
the task of presenting a newly anal analysis to the grand jury. Ogbolden has previously claimed that he didn't pull the trigger and only pulled back the hammer, but further analysis says differently. Now, Lucien Hogg of Forensic Science Services of Arizona led the new analysis of the gun. The experts used replacement parts for the new analysis. Parts of the gun Baldwin allegedly fired previously broke during uh, previous FBI testing. The FBI had initially concluded that the weapon could go off without pulling the trigger if enough force was applied to the uncocked hammer. For example, the gun could have gone off if it was dropped due to its design. However, the new analysis says that that's not the case without Baldwin. The indictment comes after special prosecutors previously dis, uh, dismissed the same charge in April of 2023. They decided based on the information that the gun might have been modified before it ended up in Alex's hands. The film set weapon supervisor Hannah Gutierrez Reed also charged with involuntary manslaughter and evidence tampering. Her trial will reportedly begin next month. She has pleaded not guilty to the charges. Meanwhile, Alec Baldwin is facing several civil lawsuits for compensation over the incident. However, judges recently put those on hold after special prosecutors revealed that they're intent to present charges to the grand jury. Now, the husband of the deceased cinematographer allowed filming on Rust to resume last year after being named an executive producer. AP reports that the filming continued in Montana versus New Mexico, and I believe it finished last year as well. So I was shocked when I saw that um, he was being charged again for this after they they um, cleared him. Um, Linnea, what are your thoughts on this? I'm past Alec Baldwin. What's going on with the person? Yeah, I think they were trying to work because initially he didn't want to press charges against Alec Baldwin. He thought it was a mistake. You know, of course, it was he was upset. Um, but I guess they worked out a deal where they made him executive producer on this on the set so they could continue filming. What? Mm. I'm lost because he wasn't initially a part of it, but his wife was. Your wife was. Your wife gets killed on this set, and you worked out something to where you could be the EP mm -hmm. and go ahead and let them finish shooting it. Oh, I'm confused. I <laughs> I'm confused. The whole Alec Baldwin thing, that's expected. They're going to try to mix yeah. up like that. But I'm confused about this husband. That's what I'm confused about. I need I need I need more information. Yeah. Well, I know they had I know they had young kids, so maybe it was for their financial benefit. But why would that even be a thing? Yeah, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out. Like Yeah. Who made that arrangement? The lawyers. Okay. I, I defer to Chica. <laughs> Chica, what are your thoughts on this? So, because Lydia and I are in the movie business, we we kind of that that kind of like speaks to us a little bit. And you just don't get an executive producer; they just don't go around throwing them around like that, right? <laughs> so maybe maybe there's some paperwork behind the deal, Lydia, where. He gets back end or maybe he gets box office or something. You don't know. Mm -hmm. And that's the way that they're going to do it. They're going to facilitate it through the executive producer. I don't know. It's really weird. But anyway, mm -hmm. um, it sounds to me like somebody trying to get that Baldwin, man. Somebody's trying to get him and they're going to keep trying to get him until they get him. They're either going to get him in the pocket 
or they're going to get him behind the bars, yeah. the pocket or the bars. He did somebody wrong. Is he still, so is he still attached to this film? Yeah, it was never, it was, I mean, he was a star so and a director. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Yes, he's the star. Yeah. Okay. I know he, I, you know what? Nope. Mm -mm. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. His attorneys are ready. They said they're ready for it. His attorney said, bring it on. That This movie, is that important? It's independent. So, so I, I, can, I can say this. If he doesn't go to jail, like, I don't think that he will. Yeah. But he's definitely going to have to cough up some dividends. Yeah. Definitely. That's what I'm thinking as well. People are going to, you know what's crazy? <laughs> People are going to go see this movie just because of everything that's going on with it. Right. Yeah. This is why he decided yes to the executive uh, producer position. Right. Some more press around, I guess. He's gonna he's probably gonna be on tour. This is my wife's last project. This is what she was working on. She would want me to move. They want this, right? <laughs> well, Jenny Ma May um has reportedly asked the judge to hold off on enforcing their prenuptial agreement with her ex-husband Jeezy. She claims that she did not have enough time to throw review the agreement before signing it. In her request, she filed with Fulton County Superior Court. She seeks to either deny Jesus' motion to enforce the prenup or to postpone this enforcement until both parties can exchange information about the terms. Now, according to court documents obtained by TMZ, she argues that the prenuptial agreement process was rushed. Negotiations began just five days before their wedding leaving her with limited time to conduct a comprehensive examination of the agreement. She expressed concerns about the inadequacy and thoroughness of the due diligence process, stating that she did not have the opportunity to scrutinize Jesus Financial's disclosure to ensure a fair deal. She's saying he only provide one document, and she believes there could be more to it. So she wants to look into it, look into the agreement and to his financial disclosures a little bit more. Now, Jeezy filed for divorce against her in September, citing irreparable brokenness in their marriage. And his music, he seemingly implied that she believed that she may have cheated on him. But she vehemently denied any allegations and thinks that he may have cheated on her, which would make the uh, prenuptial agreement, um, it, it, should, it would hold him accountable. Now, she recently spoke about their breakup on Tamara Hall's show. She said she found out about her um, divorce the same time everyone else did um, in the world. But she said um, that she said, you know, she shares a daughter, Monaco Jenkins with Jeezy and said, even though this year met the most broken version of her, she also met the strongest version of her and that she's committed to raising the biggest blessing in the world, which is her daughter. Now with Jenny Ma's recent request to delay the enforcement of the prenup, it appears that their divorce becoming increasingly messy. As legal proceedings unfold, it remains to be seen how the court will address her concerns whether the prenuptial agreement will ultimately be enforced. So she signed the paperwork, but she's saying she didn't have time to really review it. So now she wants to go back and review it again. Chica, does she have a case? Thank you for calling me first. Listen, <laughs> I'm going to say like Tony Braxton said, new money. Why is all your business out in the street? Why Why do we need to know? You went on a press tour crying, your woe is me. And, I, and I'm really not picking on this woman. She, right. she, she just, her marriage just went to kaputs. But 
this man has been vehemently pushing against anything that you are trying to do. Honestly, in his heart of hearts, and I believe his heart is true in the sense of what he believes, he believes you cheated on him. He's acting like you cheated on him. His whole disposition is disdain about everything about you. He doesn't want anything to do with you anymore. He's enforcing the prenup because he can. If you weren't standing on your business when y'all got married and he slid that on over to you for you to sign, you signed it. In a court of law, legal, if it's not written down, then it doesn't exist. Guess what's written down? Your name. What 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 to do? What 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 gonna do? What you gonna do? Enforce the prenup. And I would assume that her attorneys looked over it before she signed it. That part. But can everyone else that's planning on getting a divorce or breaking up or whatever? This is messy and it's it it it's bad for the black brand. It really is. It really is. And I know that she's um what what is her background? She's um Asian descent, right? Asian descent, yeah. Yes. Okay. You're still brown too. Stop making us look bad. Y'all look crazy. We didn't hear none of this about Angelina and Brad. We heard rumors, but they weren't going around doing interviews, complaining and crying about he did and then she did and the kids and then the prenup. They probably was in some quiet boardroom on opposite ends of the table, sliding papers back and forth, and it's over. Right. Quietly. Grown people, handle your business with dignity and respect. Lania, does she have a leg to stand on, in your opinion? No. Absolutely not. Um, Jeezy's like, so So let's look at this. The press that Jeezy has been doing was centered around his book. Yeah. Um, He doesn't go into having like in-depth discussions about his wife. Even when he sat down with Nia Long, mm -hmm. there was a question, but how he answered the question um, there was no disparaging her or anything. Um, it's like he don't even really want to talk about her. Right. Case point of to Chike's point of I got an issue with this bro. I don't even want to talk about her. Um, so but her, on the other hand, in in true, and I hate to say it, but you know, in true white woman form who wants they want the people on their side. I'm gonna go on these shows, I'm gonna do this tour, I'm gonna oh, I didn't know. And it's, it was all a surprise. Let me tell you something. Nobody can force you to sign something. And if it was five days before your wedding, why do you still get married? Right. Because that don't make no sense. Mm -hmm. And she's the same person when their baby was born. He's an amazing father. An awesome father. Da, 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 da. Now you going through this. I fear for my child's safety. Oh, your attorney is coaching you very well. Mm -hmm. uh, she, whoever your attorney is, is getting their money. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Lanier, but she's because you said that. I just got a vision. She's doing what these other girls do when they get mad at the guy, and she's yep. going. They're punishing them yep. by keeping the child away. That is so low ball and so low class. Don't do that. That's what he's fighting for. I'm happy. I I am happy that they got married in Georgia. Yeah, if this was California. We would be having a different conversation. Um, but I'm happy they got married in Georgia, and I hope that it works out in Jeezy's favor because, like, 
he wants he wants um joint custody. Joint custody. Yeah. You understand? He didn't say I want soul custody. He said, I want joint. No. Why? Right. Great father before before y'all broke up. Why? Yeah. And, you and know what I wonder? I wonder if he's already seeing seeing someone and she knows, and that's why she's you know a rumor has it. She who's he seeing? Your girl. Ooh. Faith Evans. Nah. That's rumor. I heard it today. Okay. I heard it today. I don't know if it's true. I heard it today though. Boy, have mercy. Uh, um, I don't I don't see that. Um, you know, I, I think that um I think that Jeezy has, you know, he has um he has certain things on his side, especially that signature. Yeah. And I, and I think that that discussion would have happened five way way more than five days before that wedding. And it's a legal bind, binding document. How? Can, oh, I didn't get a chance to read it. You signed it. You signed it. Listen, I saw a good quote on the refrigerator, and it said, "The lack of planning on your end does not make it an emergency on mine." You should have got your esquires to overlook the paperwork yeah. that was slid to you across the table. Exactly. So, so what? Weren't you on a TV show? Didn't at that time you had a contract that you had to look over at that time? So. You don't all of a sudden you don't look over contracts, right? Yeah, you were on a TV show, and she just got on a new TV show. That's and why she's been doing her rounds. And let me ask: Is no one on that show learning any lessons? All your friends are getting divorced. Is no one's teaching anyone about the next? You know about what's going on, giving you some pointers about when you get your divorce because it went boom, 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 boom. But she's on a new show. She's on a brand new game show. That's why she was doing her rounds. That's her why she was doing her rounds. Let's go to our last story. Um, so Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia is making history after receiving its largest donation ever made to an HBCU. According to 11 Alive, the school revealed that gracious donation this past Thursday, January 18th. According to the outlet, the Women's College has given a donation of $100 million. Additionally, the gesture reportedly makes it the largest charitable gift ever given to an HBCU, AKA historically black college or university. The LA reports that the married couple made the donation. The wife is businesswoman and philanthropist um, named Rhonda Stryker and her husband, William Johnston uh, is a trust board chairman. 11 Alive as a striker has been a Spelman College trustee since 1997. According to the Teachers College Columbia University trustees work with school presidents and administrators to, uh, on reviewing academic programs, raising funds, and approving major policies and other duties. Furthermore, the donation marked 100 years since Spellman's official naming in 1924, per the school's press release uh, this past Thursday. They said, we are invigorated and inspired by the incredible acts of generosity, the president of the institution, Dr. Helene Gale, said uh, per the press release. And pretty much they said that this gift is a critical step in our school's mission to eliminate financial barriers to starting and finishing at Spelman education. Uh, we can't thank Rhonda Stryker enough for her selflessness and support as both a trustee and friend. There's no doubt that Spelman College is better because of her. And they're talking about the ways that will break down um, the amount of money, um, you know, and so they have a plan for this. And I'm sure the good thing is that she's a trustee, so she can kind of have her head and her eyes on this to make sure that it's being used in the best way. But they were on CBS Mornings um, when they was announced, um, uh, when they had, they had the, um, like a 
assembly and it was shaped, they showed on CBS mornings and um, the woman who donated the money, Ms. Stryker, she was on with Gail King. But um, Chike, what are your thoughts on this donation? The largest one for any HBCU. I know we both went to HBCUs. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love hearing stuff like this. This is, yeah. this is how it's supposed to be. And I want more of this to, to continue to happen. I wish even some of the smaller schools like my school, Virginia Union, mm -hmm. I want them to receive more funds. I, yeah. I wish that I've become a, a billionaire. I would give them funds mm -hmm. because you just want everybody to win. That's just kind of like that attitude that you have. Um, it's a family. Even if you're not there anymore, it's still a family. Yeah. Yeah. And if you go to any of those homecomings, you see how much mm -hmm. of a family it is. Lenia, what's your thoughts on this huge gift? I mean, it's amazing. Like he yeah. said, if I if I had it, I would. And I've always wanted to go to an HBCU. Mm -hmm. My experience, I just went to a regular old college. Um, <laughs> so we ain't even, it don't, I don't even need to say the name. But um, I've always wanted mm -hmm. to go to an HBCU. I've always wanted to have that experience. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's never too late, but I don't want no more student loans. And I'm still waiting on them to forgive the one I got. Exactly. Um, unless so, unless somebody else gonna pay for it, <laughs> all I can do is wish and dream at this point. Go visit <laughs> campus and act like I'm a student, right? And that's it. But I think it's a great thing if more people did that because that's how these other schools, yeah, I believe, yep, off of this money. And and being that we are starting, to, I guess, well, you let them tell it, we're infiltrating those spaces. That's why everything happened with Dr. Um, Gay and mm -hmm. getting her out of the school where she was at, prominent Black woman. Yeah. Got her out of there on, on, on some BS because they don't want us in those spaces. Yeah. Especially in charge. So, but then they don't want to support HBCUs. Mm -hmm. And it's such a critical, it's a critical thing. Um, You know, I've been to some homecomings, Chad. Yeah. Listen. Yes. <laughs> If only I was younger. I, I'd be sleepy now, but. <laughs> Most definitely. Well, listen, before we go, um, our thoughts and prayers. Um, we learned that Dr. Uh, um, Dexter um, Scott King passed away 62 years old after a battle of prostate cancer. He was the youngest child of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Credit Scott King. Um, you know, he continued the legacy after um, his parents passed away and um, he was only 16 years old. So our thoughts and prayers with his wife and with the King family. Amen. Stephen, can I do a shout out before we leave? Absolutely. I want to shout out uh, the Native Land Podcast. Uh, shout out to Tiffany Cross. Shout out to Angela Rye. And shout out to Mr. Andrew Gillum. Yeah. You're putting your thing down is my new favorite podcast. And thank you for contributing to the culture. Absolutely. There was one thing I didn't like that uh, Angela Rye said, but I love I love them all. So shout out to them. We'll talk about that next time. <laughs> yeah, let me do one before we get off. Uh, shout out to Perfect Ten Design. Thank you, Tori. Yes. I love you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for that flyer. Thank you. Well, listen, Linnea, thank you. First show in the books. Check out see movie reviews, and we'll be right back after this. Yes, sir.
Everybody's watching you And every little thing you do Every little way you move Something's not right Could it be that I didn't fix my hair? Why would they even care about mine? I don't know why They keep looking my way What could it be? Why they staring at me? I wish they'd turn away
Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Adam, welcome. Happy se- uh, season 14. How you feeling? Ah, Stephen, Chike, I'm feeling great. Happy season 14 to you both as well. We talked about in our in the you, topic segment about um, New Year's resolutions and things like that. Do you do you have have New Year's resolutions? Uh, I guess so. Yeah, I do. I do try to pick something every once in a while out. Today, this year, I'm gonna. I, I told myself, um, no matter what other exercises I do throughout the day, I'm. I did these. Uh, there's this like 20 minute yoga for like beginners YouTube channel I look at. So. That's my goal is like at least, you know, a few times a week doing that when I wake up in the morning. And then again, I can do my other exercises throughout the day, but at least that's my bare minimum of just starting to do a little more of those kind of yoga routines. So nice. uh, halfway, I'm at 50%. Okay. Compliance so far, but I, I'm getting there. You know, the snow came and that really threw off my whole plan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yoga, you do it in the house right now. So <laughs> not how i do it whatever works whatever works yeah thank you thank you well listen i'll let y'all take away movie reviews yeah sure thing so um you know i I won't delay us too long with a bunch of other things but a couple of things i want to mention over the holidays that i saw was uh the first one was called the holdovers and this is uh apology about a movie that came out uh, around Christmas, and it's a story about a kind of curmudgeonly school teacher at this uh, boarding school in New England, and he has to watch over these kids that uh, aren't leaving for the holiday. They're just they're they're stuck there for whatever reasons. And uh, during this time, which it's, it takes place in 1970, he starts to kind of connect with one of the students. Um, in addition to the head cafeteria woman who just lost her son in Vietnam. Uh, and so it's really one of those stories that kind of, uh, you know, I hate to call it Oscar baited, a little Oscar baity movie, but it's really kind of just a story about people and living up to your potential and who you really are and things like that. But um, I really liked it. It's it's a good movie. So I mentioned Paul Giamatti. This is uh, a movie he did with Alexander Payne. And if you don't remember that name, he's a director that did Sideways with uh, Paul Giamatti. So it's kind of like them and coming back together and doing a good movie. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, it's uh, a lot of heart. It's a lot of discussions. The shots are well done. It's snowing uh, in New England throughout this whole time period. So it's got a lot of good scenic uh views and things like that uh i don't know if it's i mean i have a feeling it'll be nominated i know nominations are coming out soon i don't think it'll win maybe anything but giamatti does a great job i you know i I really like him in this role so he might get a nod there or even um close to winning but uh yeah it's it's a really fun one and uh bonus thing is is they put it out in the theaters but if you have peacock it's already streaming on there so you can watch the whole film without leaving your house the um and then the next thing i saw so this is a new thing and again this is actually a hulu release um kind of released in the theater for like a day but it's called self-reliance and this stars jake johnson who uh we know from new girl that's one of the main characters and he plays this lonely guy that gets recruited to this dark web contest and what he has to do is he has to survive 30 days and if he does while being hunted then he'll get a million dollars so 
he decides to sign up and there's a caveat that if he's around anyone else that's uh around him at the time they can he cannot be killed he cannot be hunted so that's one of the rules of the game is he will be hunted but if he's around someone the hunters cannot hunt him so this proceeds into him trying to stay alive, but also convince his friends and family because no one believes this is real. They hear about this uh, in one of the scenes, and this is in the trailer. Andy Samberg picks him up in a limo, so he's telling his family that, oh, yeah, Andy Samberg picked me up in this limo, and he told me about this dark web game. No one believes him, and so he has to survive 30 days during this whole time period. What I'll say is it's it's a it's fine. It's billed as a comedy. It's less of a comedy than I thought it would be. It's really more of kind of an introspect onto someone's mental state. And like, you know, at the end, without too much spoilers, he's starting to think, is this really happening? Is Am I, is, am I imagining things or, or is this really going to happen? And so it's really kind of a, a kind of a good look into someone who has that maybe ability to kind of communicate but like still being a little unbelievable and is reality real or is it not so uh it's a fun movie i d- had no problems with it except for i thought it would be funnier than it was uh but yeah yeah it's um you can watch that on hulu again not a comedy not a lighthearted film at all but a uh, really good job done by jake johnson who also wrote and directed the movie okay yeah uh, and then besides that, you know, I, I got to catch up on shows. I've been watching a li- I, I, I caught up on Poker Face that came out last, you know, spring. Um, really good show, a Natasha Leon detective show. And then um, I know, I know, no, Chica, you're going to start talking about a couple of things, but I do want, I am looking forward to True Detective. I know that just started, mm-hmm. just kicked off. So I'm excited mm-hmm. about that coming up. Yeah. So the the first film that I saw was uh, Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, which stars uh, Robert De Niro, Leonardo DiCaprio and Lily Gladstone. Uh, and this film is based off of a book under the same name. And, it, and it's uh, about the 1920s Oklahoma Osage tribe and how uh, Caucasian men were intermarrying into the tribe to gain access to the assets of the tribe members. So basically what would happen is um, they would marry a female, then mysteriously um, sometime into the marriage, not that long into the marriage, the wife would wind up dead. And then the husband acquires the assets left over you know, from his wife. So basically they found a legal way to rob people of their fortune. And this movie, I mean, it's Martin Scorsese, probably you know, Martin Scorsese at his best, but when is he not at his best? Martin Scorsese just does it. He has it. And this film does not disappoint. Of course, Leonardo and uh, Robert De Niro head to head in a film together. It's perfection. Mm-hmm. This gets an A plus for me. It's on uh, Apple Plus. You can check it out. And um it is a real life happening. This is these are historical uh, incidents that have happened, and if you would just research, you know, the Osage tribe in Oklahoma back in the twenties, you'll see the horrific uh, newsreels and the news stories because I looked some of them up. Horrible, horrible! The tragedy of of 
and and the criminality of things that they were doing to these people just for the sake of material things, land, homes, oils, horrible, 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 horrible. Um, but this isn't a racist country, so I'm going to move on. <laughs> uh, uh, quick next... question. How, what about the length? You know, three and a half hours. Did oh, you feel man. it? I, I was fine with it. I was because okay. the content is heavy and it's deep and it's really like it's it's like you're watching the detective do the work that you already know the answer to. Ah, okay. And you're nice. and you're trying to see how they're going to figure it out. It's mm. it's really interesting. Okay, perfect. Um, I smell Oscar. Just I'm just I'm gonna say that. Uh, the next film that I saw is called The Passenger, and it stars Kyle Galliner and John. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Birch Birch Told and Liza Wheel. So basically, how I see it is this is a snapshot of someone having a psychotic break, and we get to go along for the ride. Um, he this this man just snaps. He has a moment. He snaps, and he goes on this car ride with another gentleman. I don't want to give too much of the story away because... Mm -hmm. Part of what happens between them in their journey after the psychotic snap is the meat of the movie. And basically the one with the psychotic issues, can I say that? Because I don't want to give away the story. The one with the psychotic issues is trying to work out his issues through the other person and it's not going so well. So I urge you to check it out. It's an excellent movie. Um, there's even some blood and guts in there for you. Some gross stuff if, you, if you're if you into that. But definitely check it out. And that's on Amazon Prime. Uh, what am I? Oh, the next thing. I'll save True Detective for last. The next okay. thing is a nice, I'm going to call this a cute little movie. It's a nice little happy, cute movie called Jules, which stars Ben Kingsley, Jane Curtin, and Harriet Sampson Harris, and uh, Jade Kwan as Jules. And Jules is basically about a alien that crash lands on Earth, and all of the interworkings that happen around uh, the discovery of the alien by uh, Mr. Ben Kingsley and his two friends, which is uh, Jane Curtin and uh, Harriet uh, Harris. And they're all senior citizens. This film is uh, based in senior world. It's about senior citizen issues. It's about uh, respect of senior citizens. It's it's about uh, early onset dementia. It's about Alzheimer's and it's about quality of life. But it's all in this package of uh, extraterrestrial. I found this movie to be very touching. I found it to be warm. Those are the words that I use to describe it. It's a very warm film. I think it. I think people will be touched when they watch it. I, I do highly recommend it. It's a nice, good, and it's a family movie, too. It has nice, funny moments in it. So definitely check it out. Uh, the the, youngers, uh, the younger people may not get the, um, the content as it relates to... Um, the mental acuteness and uh, family members wanting to um, assert themselves, but uh, the adults will get it, but they, they will have fun with the alien part. So definitely nice. check that out. 
And so here we are at True Detective, which is the what fourth installment. Mm-hmm. Um, what I love about True Detective, before we get into the story at all, what I love is every episode or every season, I should say. Of course, this is a Woody Harrelson, uh, Matthew McConaughey project. They're the executive directors. But whatever talent that they have come on, I think that they bring something from their arsenal to the project because every one of them have been executive producers as well. So it's like the canvas is there. Bring your paints because we're going to play. And True Detective Night Country stars Jodie Foster and Callie Reyes. I love Jodie Foster as an actor. I always have ever since she was a little girl. I love her as an actress. And she doesn't disappoint. We're two episodes in. It's a detective story, but it has a a, a a dark twist to it, which you can't quite get because, again, it's a detective story, so we're still trying to figure it out. Uh, but the intensity is there. And one of the things that I'm looking forward to from Max programming is what we found in... Uh, What's the show that we watched uh, last season, Adam, that was based? I can't think of the name of it. It was based off of the video game. Oh, Last Last of of Us. Us. Yeah. Yes. The quality of that show is what I'm looking for from all of these HBO shows or Mac streaming shows from now on. True Detective has that. Every episode, it's, it's, it's jarring me or shaking me at some point. And that's what I want. So, yeah, I mean, I'm all in. Adam, I think you're going to like it. Uh, once you start watching it, I highly recommend. Nice, I'm psyched. Steven, you see anything? I, I did. So I started watching uh the series on Prime called Reacher, and mm-hmm. um I saw I finished I binge watched the first season, and then um I'm on like episode four of the second season. But the first season he ends up in uh the main character Reacher. He ends up in a small town in Georgia outside of Atlanta and he pretty much um helps them solve some murders that have been going on in the community. Um mm. and so of course there's a love interest with one of the local um deputies, but he ended up moving on. He's not someone he doesn't stay anywhere long. He doesn't have a residence. He's just a nomad. And um so now he's in a more progressive area. I can't tell what city it is, but it, I don't think it's in Georgia, but he's second season and it's again the, the the violence the shooting the you know but it's you can tell they, they came back with a bigger budget for season two <laughs> <laughs> so i have a question because i saw the movie if i it's been a while since i saw the movie and it was tom cruise as reacher in the movie is reacher on the run he's like perpetually on the run right I I won't even say he's on the run, but he's he's always on the move. So like he doesn't like again he doesn't live anywhere. He doesn't have an address, but he's also so basically not not necessarily on the run, but off the right. grid. Like he doesn't yeah. want to be found. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Now, did the series pick up where the movie left off? Do you I know? If that, okay. All right. But I will say this: it's interesting you say that because when I was looking for it, because I was watching it at a friend's house, and when I mm-hmm. came home to watch it, I went on Prime and. Tom Cruise um, came up. So I was like, oh, now I'm looking for the show. But yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah. But that's pretty much it for me. Um, anything coming on the pipeline? I know it's award season. What are your thoughts on all of this? Uh, well, we'll see. 
with the Oscar stuff, uh, but the only thing on my my radar, and this is a movie that they've been promoting in theaters probably for the past six months, so uh, I hope it's good and it's not just over-marketing, but uh, Argyle, this is the one where uh, mm. Sam Rockwell plays, the, uh, basically, Bryce Dallas Howard is like a, a writer for a, a spy novel series, but she wrote something that may have be true, and so now, like... Sam Rockwell plays the real life spy that's recruiting her to the CIA. Uh, big star, all star cast. It looks like a fun, silly movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the only thing that, and that comes out on Groundhog Day that's on my radar at the moment. Again, everything else is kind of at a lull waiting for mm-hmm. all the awards. Yeah. Chica? Um, DC Comics just released a full-length feature animation. I can't think of the name of it now. It it's um I can't think of the name of it right now, but it's brand new. I'll be checking that out this week. And of course, I'll have the name for you when I review it. Exactly. Well, guys, thank you as always. Great to be back. Thank you for letting us know what to spend our time, money on, whatnot. And uh we'll come back, we'll back right, we'll be right back after this. <laughs>
Hi, this is Dr. Heavenly from Bravo TV's Marriage to Medicine, and you are listening to The Stephen Knight Show. Welcome back to The Stephen Knight Show. Now it's time to highlight our Black-owned business. It is Fourth Phase. Now, this is created by Moms for Moms, and it's for after-birth care. It's an after-birth care box, um, but it helps mothers heal, feel, and be heard. Um it says each fourth phase aftercare gift box is curated with a new mom's physical and emotional recovery in mind. So they have 12 products that they feature that they promise will uh, just help mothers have that extra aftercare because they feel like mothers are, um, you know, when they're pregnant, they receive all the love and this kind of helps them uh, post-birth. So there'll be a link in the bio of this video. I want to thank you for joining us. It's so good to kick off season 14. We're back next week with our second episode. Have a great week and good night.